Welcome to the Tech Post, where we cover everything that's happening in the world of technology. I'm Shawnee Ryan, and this show is brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. We'd love to hear from you, so if you've any technology-related questions, or if you have something that's happening in the world of tech and you'd like to be featured on the show, then please get in touch by emailing techpost at limerickpost.ie. And don't forget that this show also goes out as part of the podcasting network from the Limerick Post, so you can subscribe to the Limerick Post podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And joined once again this week by Dave O'Neill. Dave, welcome back. How are you doing? That's Dave the Don O'Neill. Sorry, sorry, Dave the Don O'Neill. Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm much better now. Thank you. That's brilliant. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get that right in future, Dave. Sorry about that. Give you your full title. <laughs> so, Dave, it's been a busy week in tech. It's been, there's been loads happening. And specifically, the main thing is the Apple event. Uh, where they announced all the new stuff that we'd be able to, if we wanted to, we could probably cover it in about three minutes. But uh, let's try and stretch out a bit. But before we do, a few general things in tech. Uh, Dave, did you hear that, unfortunately, uh, Sir Clive Sinclair died this week? Uh, Did I hear that? No, I didn't, actually. Uh, uh, So, unfortunately, the British inventor who gave us the ZX Spectrum, the ZX81 before that, uh, remember Mm. the Sinclair C5 electric car that came out? Well, electric kind of tricycle uh, years and years ago. Sadly died this year. RIP, Sir Clive, you will be sadly missed with all the inventions you brought to us, including the calculator. Oh! Yeah. The calculator, and uh, you probably don't remember this, Dave, but he also brought, like, at the time, the world's smallest television set. This kind of two-inch screen with an aerial out of it. It was like like a little transistor radio. Was that him, right? Yeah, oh, I, I've yeah. seen, like, things in movies and stuff like that, but I didn't know that was attributed to him. Yeah, so there's so many things that he gave us over the years, uh, but I do remember growing up with the Sinclair ZX Spectrum and absolutely loving that device. Uh, it really brought a kind of a home computer um, to the mass market for a lot of people at the time. And um, brought it got me for my first programming was actually done on the Sinclair ZX Spectrum in Basic. Oh. Yeah, it was actually a really lovely device with a massive whopping forty eight k of RAM. Wow! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, so RIP Sir Clive. So that's unfortunate bit of news, but uh, that's a big thing in the tech world. Anybody who's been around for a long time will remember him fondly. Right, Dave, let's move along. Um, did you hear about Microsoft are getting rid of passwords finally? Uh, yeah, I, I saw something about that, all right, but um, yeah. hmm, I don't know. Well, they're bringing this, they've had this in the corporate level for a while, but they're kind of bringing this to the consumer level now where you can actually use your uh, your authenticator app or you can use um, facial recognition if that's available. To right, try but you have to have uh, a certain webcam that's compatible with uh, Windows Hello, for example. It has to have that 3D depth sensor or something to that Correct. effect to make it secure. Yes, uh, So your average webcam just won't do it. 
No, no, you'd have to have something pretty good. Uh, but the Authenticator app is actually like that's a good option anyway, because yeah, um, I use that myself. Yeah, yeah, I, I I use the Authenticator app for so many things for the two-factor authentication, and um, it it's like it is a good level of security. And I would I would strongly advise a lot of people out there uh, to use the two-factor uh, authentication if that's available to you with any sign-in, whether it's to Gmail, your bank, uh, any online accounts you have. If they offer you two-factor authentication, take it because it does add that level of security that you, that you need uh, to stop, like so your password, even if your password is guessed, or brute forced, then they can't get in because they have to have the count that the the code that the authenticator app gives you. So definitely, um, it, it's it's big leap forward because if you think about it, for most people with phones nowadays, most people don't need to use their passcode for their phones. They either have fingerprint authentication or face authentication. Mm-hmm. So bringing that across to other devices only makes sense. It's a way forward. It is. It's just how are they going to do it? You know, um, what kind of hardware are you going to need? And is it going to be convenient to put on your desk if it's a desktop? Or what's it going to look like on a laptop or that kind of thing? Like, you know, because yeah, um, not every is. laptop is, is a touchscreen. And, you know, are they going to just put a fingerprint sensor above the keyboard or, or something to that effect? I know they've already done it before, but is it going to be mass market at this point? I don't well, know. The, funny enough, the keyboard, the key uh, fingerprint sensor on some of the old Windows machines, uh, some of the laptops, they were really, really bad. They were either easy to fool or very hard to get working properly. They were were inconsistent. So Mm. it might recognize you now, might not afterwards. And when Touch ID came to the iPhones, it was actually quite accurate and the specs around it were quite good because of the on-device chip that they had, the security chip. Uh, So it was actually quite secure and the Face ID uh, camera system on the iPhones is actually quite complex in what it does. If you actually look at the way it does the 3D mapping and the infrared and everything, it's actually quite complicated. So as you say, the normal webcam won't do it. So it will be interesting to see what level you need and what the cost is for that to, to make that happen on desktops. Yeah, no, I can tell you straight away, there's a few cameras out there that can do it. There's the Cisco WebEx camera, uh, which okay. is less than 200 euros, and the Logitech Brio, and the price keeps going down for that as well. That's a 4K camera as well, mm. and it does support Windows Hello, but the, there's not that many of them. No, but uh, the thing about it is, is, like, if you're looking at something that's sub 200 already, that's not a bad price point. And because Microsoft are pushing this now, that means that that's going to just drive forward the acceptance and the adoption of this which means in turn it'll drive down the price of the hardware yeah so we could be looking at a year's time we could be getting these webcams for 100 quid that's true but the problem is laptops because um i watched a video recently on why laptop webcams are so crap and it's simply put that there is not enough real estate in the top of the screen in order to put a decent camera in there. Now, how do they do it on the likes of uh, an iPhone, um, et cetera, et cetera, mm. and can they bring that to a laptop? Time will tell. But um, your laptop webcam just won't be able to do it right now. I, I, I wonder now, when you say real estate, right, what I'm mm-hmm. thinking about is if you look at a lot of the the lids on where, where the camera resides at the top of the screen on the laptops, right, yeah. most of them are actually quite thin, and they would exactly. be thinner than the iPhone or any kind of phone, right? 
So exactly that. Yeah. Maybe it's the depth that's causing the problem. It is, I think, the depth is causing the issue. So somehow they'll have to put some sort of a, a bump or something at the back of it. Ah, and nobody wants that. No, but you never know. I mean, nobody wanted a notch either until it, it came, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's iPhone true. 10 looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> Pointing the finger. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that that's true, actually, yeah. If if it was done as a small little bit of bump, I don't know. Right. I, I, I fair, think it would be okay. And to be okay. fair, like, you know, the whole thing of uh, having a camera bump on the phone nowadays, uh, every phone has got a camera bump. Yeah, uh, any phone with a good camera has got a camera bump, and there's a reason for it because that's just the way the technology fits right now. You know, yeah, you need that size of a sensor to be able mm. to get the good quality resolution, and we'll probably talk about that later on when we go on to the uh, Apple event. Right, uh, right. Um, I have another small piece of news, right, and this is um, it's kind of a throwaway piece, but uh, Cloudflare, you know, Cloudflare to do all yep. the um, the what's the word I'm looking for, Dave? The content delivery network, CDN. That's right, uh, CDN. Wh- yeah, which um, it speeds up websites and helps protect them as well. Cloudflare uh, have announced that they are ditching Intel Xeon CPU servers because oh. of the enormous energy consumption. Right? Oh dear. So the Cloudflare actually make their own servers. Right? So because they have data centers across the world with hundreds of thousands of servers to be able to do what they do, uh, their 11th generation server now is going to be fitted with the AMD Epic CPU instead. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I know and it has been shown I, time and time again to be more efficient and more performant than Intel yeah, Xeons. Yeah, I know. I knew you'd love that when I the very second I said mm. AMD, I knew you'd be piquing your interest there straight away. So they have done loads and loads of tests and like fitting things like um, they put in uh, the Samsung uh, SSDs uh, to gain capacity and lose six watts of power per server wow. right, just okay. by going to the Samsung SSDs right um, so there I, I, I'm trying to look here and see actually what they were saying how much they were what the performance or the energy consumption was on these um, these Intel's versus the AMD's but I can't actually see it straight now I don't know if they actually gave the actual difference in it but the um, they're definitely they're, that, that's a big loss for Intel to be able to it say is. that, it's huge, yeah, yeah, and it's it, it, not only is it a loss of business, but it's a loss of face because people are saying that Intel CPU um, performance is that different that it's going to make someone like Cloudflare release their entire new generation of servers with AMD chips, and they're going to drop it. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. There was, I think it was earlier this year, they brought out some new Epic chips, um, AMD did, and there was a keynote about it, and they did a comparison um, of the performance, and mm. it was stunning. Like, if, if if they were to be believed, it was quite stunning just how much of a difference it really makes. They, they're, they're way ahead of Intel now at this point on the server yeah. side of things, and on the desktop side of things, they're, they're a little closer, I guess, but uh, AMD, I still think, have the lead. You know, yeah. but with the server Epic versus Xeon, it's Epic all the way at this point. Yeah. I'm actually reading a, an article here, Dave, as we're talking on techcentral.ie. And there is a quote here from uh, Chris Howells, who is the Cloudflare's platform operations engineer. And he yep. said, we, in, we evaluated 
we evaluated Intel's latest Ice Lake Xeon processors. And although Intel's chips were able to compete with AMD in terms of raw performance, the power consumption was several hundred watts higher per server. Yeah. And it's not just about like, you know, using more electricity on the wall and stuff and stuff like that. It's it's heat. You know? Yeah. The, the amount yeah. of heat it's going to generate because of the amount of power that it's using. Yeah. So you're using more power on the server. Then because of the heat, you have to use more power on the uh, air system. conditioning, the cooling. Yeah. And it like by switching over this, it, it's going to save a huge amount of cost for them. And it's better Absolutely, for the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And if they keep up the lead, then it's a, it's a nice upgrade path as well in the future. Mm. So, yeah. So that's Cloudflare and switching to AMD. Uh, I don't think I've anything major else in general news at the moment, Dave. Uh, so we switch over to Apple and uh, your favorite company. But right. before we go on to the event, have to announce or give a big recommendation to people. Um, before the event the other day for where they announced the iPhone 13, amongst other things, um, the Apple have put out a fix for iPad, uh, iPhone, iOS, watchOS, and macOS. That was um, it's 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 a really kind of important update, and I'm really stressing this to anybody now. Uh, say it, I think it's uh, 14.8 on the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, I'm not sure what the version is on the watch. Um, or macOS, I'm not sure exactly what the what the current version number is, but go to your software updates and do the current software updates because the actual um, problem that's there is what's called a zero-click exploit, which means that if you got a malcrafted text message in, then they can get it, they can exploit your device, they can get access to your device, uh, a major major vulnerability, and so. Um, I would be saying to everybody, go and do the updates to any device that you have at the moment. And just what you said, there is a zero click vulnerability. So mm. that means obviously you don't even have to click it or go into it. You don't have to interact with it at all. Somebody could send you an email or um, a text message or something with this malcrafted uh, PDF or whatever. I, I, I'm not sure exactly what the vector is, but... It's, it's a forced entry ex exploit, which means that they, you have to have no interaction on it. Once they send this to you, they can get access to your device. So right. really, really, really um, can't strongly emphasize how important it is to actually go and do the updates on that straight away. So if you have an iPhone or an iPad, Apple Watch or Mac, go do your updates right now. Um, just don't wait. Do it straight away as you're listening to us. All right. So, Dave, let's go to California streaming. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. So, um, as is our usual way of doing this, let's run down through it in the order of how they were uh, announced, I think. Uh, well, we'll try to keep to that order anyway, but uh, maybe uh, we might end up jumping around a small bit depending on how the conversation takes us. So, um, 
they started off with Apple TV Plus. Uh, there's no new hardware for Apple TV or anything like that. Uh, it's basically they just went through some of the upcoming shows that are going to be released over the coming months. And the big one that we're all excited about is Foundation that's coming in just a couple of days, Dave. Foundation? Yeah. Um Isaac to admit, I can't remember the premise, uh, yeah. but um, I'll have to read up on that again. Yeah, uh, Isaac Asimov. I like Foundation. titles that sound good. Yeah, but you, you know, you know, it's it's based on the books from Isaac Asimov. Okay, so, okay. No, I think you might have told me about it, but yeah. it's just wiped yeah. from my memory at this right. point. Uh, so, but I'll read up on it. Don't you worry. So, Foundation was written in the fifties, the nineteen fifties, um, and it it was kind of the. It's it's always been attributed as the inspiration for films like Star Wars and Dune, uh, etc. All these things, and it was originally a trilogy, and then he was asked in the eighties to go back and rewrite, and he wrote four more books into the Foundation series, and it's based over a thousand years. It is if you read the books, uh, it's it's just really oh, for what for for the time that it was written. And the premise of it, I won't give anything away to you now, Dave, or any of our listeners. Uh, it's definitely, it's just amazing. And it, it has always been considered as something that would be impossible to bring to film. And it's been done here. So uh, the 24th of September, Foundation is launching on Apple TV Plus, and I cannot wait to see what they've done with this and how they're going to address the the, the time difference. There are the time, um, the, the the fact that it's over such a huge span. Uh, so I can't wait to see how it's done. And the, by all the trailers I've looked at, this looks absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. So I can't wait. So bring on the 24th of September as fast as possible for me. Perfect. Glued to it. Glued to it. Uh, definitely, Dave, once we're finished here, go look at the trailers for Foundation. I will. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to, uh, what will we go up next, Dave? Uh, let's move on to the iPad. Oh. So, um, so this one is the ninth generation of the entry-level iPad, the 10.2-inch. And really there's there's not much to talk about in this because it's it's really just a bit of a an evolution over the previous version it has the same older style design and by that i mean the like the if you look at the ipad air or the ipad pro you've got that flat edge which is similar to the design of the iphone 12 and this one is the older design uh kind of the rounded kind of beveled edges really uh so um what they've done is they've put the a13 bionic chip in it uh which is about two years old that's right and the now the one good thing um is that there now the base level storage has jumped from 32 gig to 64 gig and if you ask me that's about two years too late in coming it should have gone to 128 yeah yeah so like uh, 32 gig is kind of uh, once you've installed once you've the operating system and a couple of apps on you're left with nothing really on 32 gig so mm. the fact that it's a 64 gig storage is a great option that's brilliant um so the usual things there touch id is still uh there um 
you've got uh, the usual thing that they say all day battery life true tone display and the apple pencil support all that kind of stuff uh, right remember it's still gen one supports uh, so they're not supporting generation two of the apple pencil correct. so it's only generation one yeah good one good correction there dave thank you um but it, it, with the new chip it's uh 20 faster cpu gpu uh so um a nice little device a nice little entry level device for around the 300 euro mark uh be more than that i'd say be more like four to five hundred <laughs> Oh no, no, the iPad, the entry level iPad is actually uh, quite a, quite a cheap device. Um, let me just go and check the actual price of it here um, in euros now, because um, I know that the entry level ones have always been a fairly good, uh, a good price. Um, and uh, because as well as that, the, um, like the, this device is aimed at education market. So actually you're, yeah, geez, you're you're more close to the mark, Dave. It is four hundred. I looked three nine nine. You could have saved me the time <laughs> clicking on that. Ago. There, I was now. wondering because I saw that the um, price was announced as something like three fifty or three sixty dollars. So I wanted to see what it would uh, translate to in euros, and it was quite a bit more. It actually is. Yeah. Well, you yeah. see, what we never take into account. It's actually, I think, when they announced it, I think it's three twenty nine dollars. But we right. never take into account that any price that they give in America is not inclusive of tax because yeah. the tax is different in every state. So they always announce things pre, uh, uh, like the same as us announcing something expat. So that yeah. that's the way well, they always look at it. And people then compare and go, oh, why is it so much expensive over here? But by the time yeah. you add in local taxes in America, it's probably around the same price. We're so. still being fleeced though, because if even if you added like twenty three percent tax to that and translated it to euros, it wouldn't. It'd still be less than what we're paying. Well, three ninety nine euros is three hundred and twenty four plus VAT. So that's roughly where we're at now at the moment, three hundred and twenty four. Okay. So if you're buying this for um, like a, a company buying it, you are looking at three hundred and twenty five quid really. All right. Before VAT. Which is still, it's it's for that market, for that type of market in the entry level price, it's 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 just okay for what for what the device gives you, and one of the big things that is coming to it that I really really like is, and we talked about this actually after WWDC Dave was this center stage, so you're getting a twelve megapixel ultra wide camera on the front of it, and it supports center stage which we talked about whereby if you've got one person in this in the shot it will track with them as though the camera is moving and yes. keep them in view and then if somebody else walks into view then it zooms out so that it fits both of the two people in view so it's mm. it, like it, when you actually see it in operation if you go and look and see any of the demos they give on center stage it looks amazing and if for anybody who's a content creator or kids in the classroom who are doing stuff and uh, doing online Zoom calls for whatever it is, um, th like as this center stage is going to be supported by most of the third party apps out there, um, the video conferencing apps. So this um, this center stage is a real, really cool feature and it's coming to the entry level device, which is great, great to see. Yeah, awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's right. kind of funny because like the, the back camera is still an 8 megapixel and it's mm. been kind of the same 
since the iPad 5, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they haven't upgraded the camera since then, really. And the, the selfie camera is the biggest upgrade here, I think. Uh, it, it used to be, instead of 12 megapixels, it used to be like 1.2 megapixels. So it's quite yeah, a bump. It was terrible for the, the front bit. But it just shows how the world has changed in the last 18 months, Dave. Yeah, the front, that's the front true. camera is now more important than anything else. Yeah. Mm. And this center stage feature is just, it really looks cool. Looks brilliant. It does look cool. But yeah. I, I just want to say that the, the whole iPad thing, it's kind of, it's, it's, they don't really like, they, they always bring out these major changes, or at least sometimes like the changes are quite extreme on the iPhone year on year. But mm. the iPads, they get very little token upgrades every single year. And I think, um, this is probably the biggest one in the last maybe three or four. It is. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of understand because like if you buy an iPad, most people who buy an iPad are going to get five to six years use out of it. So if you're you're basically building the iPad for when the person gets into that ecosystem and you want them to know that they're going to get value out of it, that they're not going to be looking at it in two years time going, oh my God, I'm missing all these features. So mm. if if it's just kind of small changes year and year, then the iPad you have is still quite good and will do most of the things that you want it to do. And then, right, right. yeah, you're not, you're not getting iPad envy, really, because it, it's still a very, very capable device and they don't need to go kind of pushing out all these brilliant features they want you to get value for your investment knowing that you're going to keep it for a long time right and like the fact that they use let's say recycled iphone bits from um mm. two years prior you could look at that as a bad thing but really and truly these processors do hold up um and that's why they can offer it at such a you know a nice price tag uh, like three four hundred bucks compared to whatever it is for an iPhone, you know, 800 yeah. bucks. Yeah, exactly. And um, sometimes using the previous processors, like with these things, you got to remember with an iPad, the, okay, there's a lot more space for a battery in there, but they're, oh, yeah. ty they're typically, usually they're thinner than an iPhone, right? Mm. And there's a huge, huge screen to drive. And the screen is probably one of the biggest draws of a battery. Oh, it and, is, yeah. And that has to, that battery has to know that, like, if you're using an iPad, you're going to be using it an awful lot. You're not kind of opening it, flicking, looking at something. You're using it for content consumption where you're reading, browsing, email. So the battery has to drive that screen. And usually they'll, by using a lower powered chip, then the chip doesn't have to be drawing on the battery as much. So you're sacrificing a bit of performance for the fact that you still have an all day battery in the iPad. Right. And that's kind of like, we're, we're going to touch on this. Actually, we, we might as well jump forward to the iPad mini now, but that is one of the things mm. on the iPad mini, the iPad mini, the new one has the exact same chip as the brand new iPhone, but it it's does, underclocked. Yeah. It's actually underclocked. It's been shown to be about um, up to 10% slower, depending on what uh, benchmark you look at. So and that's, again, I would be assuming that that's also down to they want to keep the performance, the heat, everything correct in this device. So they know 
clock it at this speed and it's suitable for what everybody needs. Right, so, okay. All right. So let, let's move on to the iPad mini. So, Dave, um, I think we're done on the iPad, are we? There's nothing else really I think, we, I think we did cover everything. You mentioned yeah. the fact that center stage came to the camera and everything. So yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a great thing yeah. as well. So the mini, yeah, would be the next one on the list. Yeah, so this is the sixth generation iPad mini and this got a massive upgrade. Massive. So first thing in design terms, this now has the same design as the <coughs> iPad Air and the iPad <coughs> Pro. What's wrong, Dave? What's wrong? Um, you, um, you were just mentioning the design aspect of it there. What, what did they say uh, about the screen again? They said it was something <laughs> edge, edge to, to edge. edge. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're referring to here, Dave. Um, I, I noticed that as well. Edge yeah. to edge with about a four millimeter border the whole way yeah. around it. I exactly. actually looked at it as well and I was like, edge to edge? What? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> edge of the border to the other edge of the border is what they should have said. <laughs> the the yeah. iPad Air and the iPad Pro are closer to the edge, but um, yeah, yeah, this is this is not edge to edge. No, yeah, no. they they did remove a significant portion of the top and bottom be bezel, so that's um, so that's good. Mm. It does look uh, pretty slatty, but uh, edge to edge, it is not. Yeah. It looks like one of those um, little tablets or little slates that used to go around the um, Star Trek Next Generation, but yeah, that kind of that kind of uh, feel to it. Um, so they moved the Touch ID uh, into the power button, okay, and uh, so that's where that's where it resides on the uh, normal iPad as well. Um, I think the iPad Mini, the iPad, and the iPhone SE are the only things with Touch ID now. I think. Um, and okay. some of the laptops as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's into the the power button now. That's where the Touch ID uh, remains um, or resides. And yes, the display does look great, but the overall design is that flat sides, similar to the uh, better iPads, the Air and the Pro and the iPhone 12. Uh, so. It got a great like speed bump. It's got the, as I said earlier on, it's got the um, A15 Bionic chip inside in it. Um, it supports the Apple Pencil, the second generation of the Apple Pencil. That's right. I'm not uh, sure if that means it won't support the first generation. It probably does mean that, but I, I, I don't know. I think it does, yeah. I think they're backward compatible. Um, I see. It's an 8.3-inch Retina display inside in it. So, yeah, they got a bump. Yeah. Because of the fact they were able to decrease the bezel side, uh, mm. bezel of the screen, they were able to increase the display size. What was it before? 7.9 or 7.5 7. Like or yeah. something? Yeah, I think it was somewhere around there, yeah. I can't yeah. remember, but I can't actually think about it straight away. Um, yeah. And it's... Um, what was the other thing I was going to say there? Oh, yeah, it's got USB-C now. I was waiting for that one. Here yeah. we go. So it's, um, like, does that mean that the iPhone and the iPad are the only things that have lightning, I think? Um, yeah, it pretty much means that that's it. Yeah, there's only um, one iPad left with the mm. lightning connector. And yeah. uh, so the USB-C thing is great because not only is it a more universal connector and you can pretty much use any cable with it now, it's it's um, it's a lot faster because it's over the USB protocol, which means that it can support USB 3 speeds as opposed to USB 2 speeds, which is mm -hmm. what the Lightning connector had. Yeah, yeah. So, 
um major major increase on the ipad mini um it really is become a kind of a join the pro lineup really in mm. terms of a device so if you don't want or need something that has the big screen and you're looking for something that's a lot more portable that you can quickly shove inside and like uh like if you're using one of those combat pants or something like that with the large pockets you could shove it inside that you can shove it inside a bag very easily it becomes a very very portable device with a lot of power Exactly, and 8.3 inches of a screen is not tiny either, no, by any means. No, it's quite so, good. There you go. Uh, landscape, stereo speakers, again, a 12 megapixel front camera, so that it supports the center stage, and 40% faster CPU, and up to 80% faster on the GPU. And you can get it with 5G if you want as well. Exactly, yeah, that's it. So they really did bump this one up. Yeah. They did. And, you know, that's, that brings me to my next question, okay? Because mm-hmm. normally, how do I put this? A mini version of any product is is usually the most cut back version of it. Like, it's, it's smaller, it has less features, yeah. um, namely because they want to sell it at a lower price point, but they also say, well, we can't fit all the good stuff in there because it's smaller. Mm-hmm. So why is this basically the, um, the, the second best in the whole lineup as opposed to the regular iPad? Right, okay. So, I think, okay, think about it in terms of, let, let's first take the design, right? Yeah. Okay, and by the design, I say the fact that it looks more like the iPad Pro and the iPad Air, mm. right? And the fact that this has USB-C, okay? So, what you've got is, consider the iPad Mini as the entry level of the Pro lineup, Okay. okay. And then consider the normal iPad as the something that you can get people into the ecosystem on and specifically think about education, right? And you've got a very, very cheap device that people can jump in onto. It has the older CPU, the older design, uh, still has the Touch ID button on it. Um, it's has the older technology like the lightning port and and that's kind of important if you think of people in education where you're not saying to them okay upgrade to this ipad and now you've to change all your accessories all right so you there is actually kind of two lineups to think about you've got the really really entry device and then you've got the pro devices of which the mini is the small version of that does that make sense? Well, it kind of does, yeah. It's just unusual to see uh, a lineup go that way with the Mini being... It is, yeah. Yeah, slightly yeah. HR from the, the entry level. Yeah, but, um, yeah no, 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 no it's, it's, it's a good theory, but um, again, just unusual, really. It was just something that piqued my curiosity. Yeah, it's, I, I see it as the, the, the Mini is the device for pro users, people who are out in the go using mm. it commercially, or simply people who just want the small factor small form factor right and it's kind of priced just a little lower than the ipad air uh which still has um last year's chip in it because um, it hasn't been a new one yet yeah but um 
Mm. But yeah, but it is kind of feature match to the uh, the iPad Air as well. Uh, yeah. And, and, and chances are the next iPad Air will be more in line with it. It will have 5G and, and it will have the A15 or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's probably going to come out. Uh, well... Probably, I would guess next year or March next year, maybe in my mm. my view. And again, the usual thing with these things: Wi-Fi, cellular models, all that kind of stuff. Um, the back camera is twelve megapixel as well, so that got okay. a bump as well. And uh, I think, and and starting at sixty-four gigs as well. Right, Dave. Uh, let's talk about the Apple Watch Series Seven. Yeah. Um. um I've seen a few comments from people I know about this, and they they feel that it was uh, less than what they were expecting. Yeah, so the rumours beforehand, I don't know if you saw any of the rumours about the Apple Watch getting a full redesign and having these flat edge design to make yeah, it similar. Yeah, I heard to some the, of those, yeah. Yeah, similar to the iPhone and the iPad mini and kind of that. And all of them were but ugly. Oh, they were horrible. I absolutely hated that. If I was praying that that rumor was going to be wrong because I thought <laughs> it was terrible. I was looking at it going, oh, my God, who could wear this watch? It looked terrible. So I was glad to see that they came out with uh, a nice design on this. But again, it's you're you're talking about a very evolutionary design here. Nothing yeah, yeah. really incremental. Yeah, they okay. The this one has true edge to edge display on it. They really did uh, shave down the bezels on it, they and did, yeah. um, it's um, effectively you're getting, according to them, twenty percent more real estate on it. Um, I I was questioning that when they said it. I was like, it doesn't look twenty percent more, but maybe. Uh, so and it's also thinner than the previous generation. I see, so, okay. Yeah. So it, it does look like a nice device, but I don't think there was anything in it again that um th- that if you have the There's Apple Watch groundbreaking basically, yeah. yeah. If you have the Apple Watch Series five or Series Six, there's nothing in this to make you want to upgrade really. Bar just wanting to have the latest and shiniest. But mm. maybe anybody before that who have the Apple Watch Series four or the three then yes, this would be a great upgrade. It'd be a fabulous upgrade. But uh, there's nothing, um, nothing groundbreaking really on it. Um, oh, there was the, the new fast charging on it. So um, apparently charging is uh, something like 30% faster. Um, awesome. And eight minutes to charge it for eight hours sleep. So had all the other things, the ECG, fitness all that kind of stuff few few new watch faces but there's not a lot to say on this really so i yeah. can't i can't so, pick as anything you said it. don't upgrade if you've got a recent um apple watch but uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah actually speaking of fitness we did actually skip over that because they did have a piece in the show about the apple fitness and all the new different routines like pilates and yoga and things like that are that are coming to apple fitness but again i don't know uh, it's launching in loads of countries, um, extra countries, in the next couple of weeks. Um, they said that it's already available in Ireland, but I haven't seen it yet. I haven't been able to access it. And one of the things that I complained about in one of the previous shows is uh, the Apple One plans, the subscription plans where you get all the things bundled together. I mm-hmm. can't, for some reason, I can't pick the top tier at the moment. I don't know why. 
I can get the the individual or the family plan, but I can't go for the premium one. And I kind of want to because I want the extra storage. So what I would have to do is cancel my Apple One plan, subscribe to the top level storage, then resubscribe to the Apple One plan. So then I have the top level storage plus the extra 200 gigs that they gave with that. Uh, so I'd be paying for things that I more than I should. So I want to upgrade to the top plan and for some reason I can't. And that includes Apple Fitness. So yeah, that's a pity. I, I could see myself using the Apple Fitness, but I'd give it a try anyway and see what it's like. It did uh, look interesting. It was a nice presentation that they gave yeah. um, on it. Um, yeah, because yeah. like I have the Apple Watch, I have the Apple TV, uh, I have the iPhone. So if I had Apple Fitness and be able to do a workout in front of the TV where I can see my, like the, the Apple TV will link to your Apple Watch and show you your heart rate and all your information up on screen. So if I could do that, I would um, and give it a try. But uh, who knows? Maybe Maybe it might come pretty soon. I don't know. Okay. I'll keep an eye on it and I'll keep you updated as soon as I know. Do. Okay. And um, actually, the, the only other thing that I saw on the Apple Watch that um, that kind of might be of interesting is that they they now have fall detection when you're riding a bike. Right. So, yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. So previously, you it had fall detection in it that if you fell over, it would basically say to you, it looked like you. Uh, had a fall are you okay and you would say okay in it and uh, there was a guy over in um, I think it was in America actually who uh, an older gentleman who fell outside his house and um, about 20 minutes later he, he hit his head knocked out cold but 20 mm-hmm. minutes later uh, he was woken by the paramedics checking him and uh, bringing resuscitating him and he was kind of saying like how did you know to come to me and he said, your watch rang us and told us where you were. So Awesome. Yeah. So well, I, was gonna, I was going to ask that. So if yeah. you don't respond to the question, are you okay? It, it, yeah. it will assume you're not okay. and It will ring emergency services and give them your location. And it will also ring your emergency contacts. Or I think it's a letter ring or text the emergency contacts in your phone as well, if you've set that up as well. So like you could set up a sibling or a parent or a friend inside the emergency contacts. It will also let them know as well. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So did you know actually that like say on the side of the iPhone or the Apple Watch, um, I think if if you press the button five times in a row really fast, it will ring emergency services. For you. What if you say the what if you say the Candyman five times really fast (laughs) in front of a mirror? (laughs) <laughs> you get a you get a Mars bar. I didn't know that. No, that's pretty cool. As yeah. Well, yeah. So so if the, 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 the day that you get kidnapped, you're in the back of the boot, and you can just press your watch five times. Uh, now I'm sure if somebody broke into your house and you were sitting there and you don't want to make it look as though you're alerting someone, it's kind yeah. of like the emergency button underneath the banks, like uh, the, the yeah. that kind of <laughs> watch alarm. Button. Yeah. Yeah. So you could actually. Like even if your hands were tied your bow, behind your back, you could probably with one finger press the what you call it button, the um, power button five times quickly, and it will ring the emergency services. Hmm. Um, and it means like you don't have to go. You can you can also say it to Siri. You can ask Siri to do it for you. So if you were trapped in the car and you couldn't reach your phone, you could ask Siri. Um, but this button means that you can uh, just press it and with no interaction then it will go and ring the emergency services for you 
So it gives you an option to cancel it, I think. Once you've pressed it, it kind of says, are you sure? And if you don't interact with it a couple of seconds, it then goes and rings. All right. So nice nice little feature there. Um, Please, everybody, don't go testing this right now because if it rings emergency services, uh, you're putting undue stress on a very important um, service for the nation and possibly putting others at risk. But just know that it's there for the day that you need it. And let's go on to the main event, Dave, the iPhone 13. Okay, we could probably sum this up in one sentence. New colors. They move. They move the cameras. <laughs> yeah, they move the cameras. New colors. That's it. <laughs> uh, Sierra blue. Sierra blue. I think that was only on the uh, pro version, wasn't it? Um, no. Yes, it was. No, no, it was only on the pro version, right? There was a, there was a blue on the regular version, but not a Sierra blue. Okay, oh. it's 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 not Sierra. So a Sierra it's a blue, blue. But just not Sierra, right? Yeah. So is that? <laughs> Because the the guy who designed it used to own a Ford Sierra back in the day, <laughs> or Sierra Game Studio, which was in California back in the day. It was indeed. Leisure mm. um, suit, Larry. So Sierra blue. So all these mm. lovely new colors. Anybody who's been listening to us loads of times will know how we well how I personally feel about all these things. It's not news. It's just we, a color. Well, the gray is gone, and they've replaced it with midnight. Mid- midnight there you I, go is it, oh, oh yeah that's midnight but they also came back with one called starlight they did yeah and uh, there you go <laughs> that's the new colour for the iPhone walk into the shop and say can I have an iPhone in yeah, you got to play that exact clip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cut that and just go in. I'm looking for my new iPhone, 128 gigs, big screen, whatever, and make it in. Where did they come up with the names? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I used to like that song by the Muse, and now I don't. <laughs> Every time I hear that song now, I'll be like, oh, God, bloody stupid colors on phones uh okay let's get into the meat of this dave the a15 bionic chip which is again um as they always say every year kind of rinse and repeat with the usual things this is the best chip we've ever made as if it wasn't gonna be right yeah (laughs) I'd, i'd love for them to come out someday and say well this chip is not as good as the one we made four years ago but it's close (laughs) Um, the best chip this is the best device ever it's got the best X the best Y everything Uh, redundant kind of statements Um, but anyway it's I think this they're calling it the iPhone 13 it really is the iPhone 12 S it's really just it's got a bit of a bump it's got a faster CPU and not much else really to talk about. So, right. Um, uh, go on. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say the pro version has some nice little photography features, but, uh, yeah. or videography features. But other than that, there wasn't really anything majorly standout. No, no, it's, it's an iteration again. It's a small yes. leap forward. That's all really. Um, oh, oh, don't forget. Don't forget the notch. 
Oh, the notch is smaller. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, is it 20% smaller, 25% smaller. No, it's 20% smaller. It's yeah. So I'm looking it, at a, a side by side here of the 12 and the 13, it doesn't look 25% smaller. It looks about 20% smaller. <laughs> I'm glad you, you can see visually the 5% of a difference. <laughs> I can. I, I can. I, I know the difference between a fifth and a quarter. Okay. When you think about it like that. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. So the. The CPU, they're saying, is... Now, here's here's where they came up with an interesting one. Now, this is the first time I've ever seen them say this, right? Because normally they give you CPU performance and say, with this new chip, it's 20% faster than last year or 30% or whatever. Uh, like what they did when they were uh, announcing the iPad mini, they were saying that it's now a 40% faster CPU than the previous model, Alice. But in this one here with the iPhone, what they said is it's 50% faster CPU versus the competition. Yeah. Right. And 30% faster GPU versus the competition. Mm -hmm. Not over the previous model. They just said, and it's the first time I've ever seen this referenced that they're saying it's faster than the competition. So mm. it, it's kind of, they're trying to make it look as though it, it's kind of like, oh, this CPU is so much faster than the iPhone 12, but it's small writing underneath versus the competition. So, right, and I'm looking on the uh, the shop page right now, and it does say it there. It says, A A15 Bionic chip faster than the competition. Yeah, yeah. And I've never seen them put that little caveat before. Mm. All right, so Dave... It would be nice if they actually compared it to an actual chip that they're competing against, like, let's say, the Snapdragon 888 or, um, I don't know, Google Tensor, yeah, whenever that comes correct. out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, one of the big things, anyway, is that I think the um, the base model on these now is now 128 gigs of storage. And, uh, again, badly needed. Um, and mainly because they're so they're focusing so much on video now. And the mm. big talking point out of all this was this new cinematic mode that they they demoed, and this was brilliant. Uh, I don't know. Did you like? Did you see the way they they did a kind of a demo video, and this new cinematic mo mode will focus on the subject when you're doing video, similar to the port portrait photography. So if somebody is in the shot. Now you can manually select to focus on something in the background. You'll, you'll see this in, in anything that you watch on TV, the way like the person is in focus in the front and then they'll kind of focus on something in the background and defocus on the one in front. So this, the, the phone will actually do it automatically for you. So if you've someone in shot and somebody else walks into the frame, it will focus on the new person and blur out the person in front. Right, the, the previous thing. And if you hold something up in front of the camera, it will focus on that and defocus on the other thing. And also then, if you've got two people in the shot and it detects that one person, if their gaze, their eyes, kind of they turn and look backwards um, at the other person, it detects that that person is not looking at the screen anymore. So it then shifts the focus onto the other person as well automatically. And that is fabulous. If you're doing any kind of 
um, any kind of video uh, composition, then this is absolutely a game changer in cinematography on the iPhone. It's brilliant. It really, really is a cool feature. So that's the only thing that would make me buy this phone. Yeah, and look, from from what I can gather, I, I would imagine it's using some sort of um, AI with uh, autofocus, really, to, to yeah. make that happen. And you yeah. can override it. You can tap on different parts mm. of the screen, and if you want to um, manually focus in on a, another subject, go for it. Yeah, but it looks—it does really look really good. But if it's in full auto mode and you're not doing any, uh, you know, uh, tapping mm. to focus or anything like that, it would be interesting to see how it holds up in various different scenarios. Because that was a very, you know, let, let's just say that was um, controlled. Crafted very, yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing you can do, Dave, is you yeah. can do that focusing, that manual focusing in post process. So once you've recorded the video, you can go back into it afterwards and you can adjust the levels of focus or the area of focus on the video, which is, which is really cool too. So it is. if you, if you had someone in the background, um, that was blurred out, you can change the level of blur on them, or you can change it and say, no, I actually want this person here to be in focus rather than that person there. And to do that after the video has been shot. That, that's pretty nifty. That's pretty cool. Nice. Mm. So other than that, I don't know what really there is to talk about. Uh, the cameras, much better. Uh, the Pro models kind of got a, a, an almost kind of has also Ren kind of slot where they just kind of said, okay, Pro, Pro models are also there. Uh, which have the extra, so you've got the wide, you've got the telephoto and the ultra wide camera on the pro models. Uh, if you're into photography, then that would be the one to go to. Um, it does macro photography as well. Um, it does photographic style, so you can you can kind of assign a style to a type of photograph. Uh, the usual things, night mode, uh, ProRes video is coming. Uh, but other than that, it's very similar to what they have already. Yeah, and indeed. Yeah, and the ProRes video thing. Yeah, if you, if you, if you really do care about that kind of thing, I don't know. Would you be buying an iPhone 12 Max or Pro Max, whatever it's called, to um, mm. to shoot your video? Um, by all accounts of stuff I've read online of people who do uh, video shots and create video content, they love those models. They really do love most of those models. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just old fashioned in the sense that like uh, a cell phone um, to be used as a, a full on movie or documentary camera versus a DS, DSLR or, you know, a full blown camera, you know, like uh, a red or whatever. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people out there who do cinematography and content creation. And they're saying that, for what it does, if you compare it to the fact that you might have to go and spend 15 or 20 grand on some of these cameras, that the fact that you can get something like this, it will do a fair share of what you need to do. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, it is quite a, a good bit cheaper than 20 yeah. grand or whatever the cost yeah. of a, a so good DSLR is. If you put one of those on a good gimbal, then you will get great shots. Awesome. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, so that's... I don't think I've anything else to say about the the new iPhones. Really, there, there's not much more you can say. They're 
it was again it was just an iteration yeah, so, very much so yeah. and I have a challenge for Apple go on get rid of the notch that's rumoured for the iPhone 14 already Okay, it's yeah. rumored, fair enough, but I, I'm going to say it right now. Get rid of the notch. I know you need yeah. uh, an array of technology in there, especially for the um, face ID, for the depth sensor and stuff like that. And that's why you haven't mm. been able to just put a hole punch in the screen or whatever. But yeah. do what Samsung did in the fold. Not, yeah. not just a hole punch, but an under-display camera. Yeah, yeah, that would be so the see, dream. Exactly. If they yeah. could put all that technology in there, so it's only visible when it's needed. And when it's not needed, you have your full immersive display. If they can do that, then I'll give them the thumbs up next year for sure. Whatever, for what it's worth. Are you, are you saying you'd buy one? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I almost thought I'd catch you there, Dave. I, right. I will say this, though. I've been thinking about buying an iPad, though. Oh, have you? I have been. All right. Okay. No, I'll just, talk just to, to have about an that, Apple so. device of some description. So I'll just buy the cheapest Apple device that has a, a screen on it, and mm. um, and if I can use it for normal tablety things as well, all the better. All right. I'll talk to you off here about that, Dave. I'll be able cool. to give you the best advice you can get. Uh, so I think we're pretty much out of time here, Dave. Um, last thing just to say is that um, iPad OS fifteen, iOS fifteen. Watch OS 7 and tvOS 15 will be available on Monday, September 20th, which is the coming Monday. All right. Um, if you're listening to this live, it's tomorrow. If you're not, then it was Monday, September 20th. So you can upgrade all your devices. But they never said anything about when Mac OS is coming out. Just about to ask you. They didn't. No, yeah. I didn't notice that either. They didn't say anything about that. And that makes me believe that like there was all these rumors about other stuff that was coming out at this event such as like airpods 3 um the 16 inch um what you call it macbook pro uh all these different things were rumored um even there was even a rumor about a mac mini with the m1x chip and i knew i was kind of in my head i was like no they're not going to upgrade that before they even have announced the other devices have switched to the m1 chip so there was all these rumors but because they didn't say anything about mac os makes me think that later on this month we're going to get probably an upgraded macbook that switched over to the m1 chip and that they're going to bring out mac os at the time of launch of that device okay so you they announced the ipad and the ios upgrades or the iphone upgrades and the watch upgrade and that means that the watch os is coming out all the new os's are coming out because those devices are starting to ship so mac os will come out when the new device starts to ship awesome um i might be wrong but who knows all right dave we're out of time thanks a million for joining me and having a great chat about everything there and uh, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks time all right everybody see ya bye
Thanks for joining us here on Limerick City Community Radio 99.9 FM across Limerick City and County with thanks to our friends from Wired FM. Fubar is sponsored by the Limerick Post newspaper and the music is kindly supplied by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets and you can find their great music on Spotify or on Apple Music. We'll be back again in two weeks' time. Bye-bye.